This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Five wins from five this season, 14 wins in a row. Jurgen Klopp's juggernaut continues to gather pace in the early Premier League season. In fact, with three goals to see off Newcastle, the Reds have become the first side ever to win 14 league games in a row while scoring more than once in each of those. I'm Guy Clark and this is the Post Game Podcast. Here on the Blood Red channel, bring you instant reaction from the Reds' 3-1 win over Newcastle United. Over the next half hour or so, you'll hear from our team at Anfield, Jurgen Klopp's press conference, and of course from you the fans whether it's Mane's double Salah's slalom or yet more Firmino fabulance all bases are covered you'll hear from the manager shortly but our first stop at Anfield is to our team on the ground and to fill us in on the tail of the game is the Echo's Liverpool correspondent both home and away Paul Gorst five wins from five for Liverpool and they maintain their 100% start for the season with a 3-1 win here at Anfield against Newcastle United um, they didn't start well at all. First 25 minutes were sluggish and slow, and uh, Newcastle took the lead through Jethro Williams, who uh, spanked one into the top corner down the uh, the Anfield Road end. Um, and that didn't really shock Liverpool into life. Actually, it took a while for them to really get going. Um, Divock Origi and Sadio Mane switched positions out in the front three, with um, Origi in for Roberto Firmino, who was rested after only coming back from international duty late on Thursday and um, it didn't really get going. Eventually uh, it took uh, the brilliance of Sadio Mane to, to pull one out of the hat as he uh, killed one just behind me there, uh, cop ending to the top corner um, and that was when really, really Liverpool really kicked into life after that. Um, Origi went off with, a, uh, with an injury for Roberto Firmino and Liverpool started to, to play a lot better. Um, Mane got his second when uh, a mistake from Martin Dubravka as Sadio Mane ran through, um, spilled the ball and Sadio Mane was left with the simple task of, uh, of tapping in to make it 2-1. Um, and in second half, the pool went through the party pieces, particularly Firmino, who uh, laid one on to make it 3-1 to Salah with an absolutely outrageous piece of skill. Um, I implore you all to watch it tonight on Match of the Day. Um, and Liverpool fully deserved three points, so uh, Liverpool 5 out of 5 now, 14 consecutive wins. Um, they've gone temporarily five points ahead of Manchester City, who played Norwich City in a couple of hours' time. Um, Liverpool were the winners here to stretch their unbeaten run in Anfield to 43 games in the Premier League. Paul Gorse, the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, with his verdict from Anfield following Liverpool's 3-1 win over Newcastle United. And now on to Jurgen Klopp, as he's been fielding questions from the media following the win. Jürgen, your perfect start goes on, 15 points from five games. How much did you enjoy that today? I started enjoying after 25 minutes around about when we arrived finally in the game. We needed that, don't want to have that, but it's not unlikely that it can happen um, because it's really difficult. Newcastle did what they did, they do that really well and always a a threat for counter-attacks. It's difficult um, to press them because they played the ball that early. Constantly a second ball um, formation, but then they have the speed to go in behind. Plus, Rillington really physically strong um, fighting for these balls, so it was not easy. So, that's how they scored the goal. We think um, we played them on side, unfortunately, in all the other situations they were clear offside, but that was the moment. And then we all know that makes the game not easier. So, we needed another 15 16 minutes um, to, to, to set the rhythm then. Because you have to be much quick, you have to play much quicker than we did in the, in the first part of the game, and um, in the moment we started doing that, immediately we had our moments, we had chances, uh, scored two wonderful goals, and second half after, then again learning from the game and showing the voice, 
couple of pictures which helps always because just you can then then you can justify the situation it's right versus the space and, and things like this well second half we scored only one goal but um, we played really good football and um, I liked it a lot that was there were a few moments I enjoyed not a lot but a few and um, enough to be the deserved winner today Salah and Mane will inevitably take the headlines because they scored the goals but Firmino just seemed to give you that creative edge when he came in mm-hmm Yes, it is. Um, so we, we, but we were already better. It was my idea to to start with Sadio in the centre and and and, and Div on the on the left wing. That didn't work out really well, but it worked already out for us really well. But today against the, such a deep defending side, it's it's a bit different. That's why we changed it already in the game. Um, unfortunately, Div um, twists his ankle early in the game, and. Um, yeah, had then to come off, and we all hope that it's not that serious. Because that he could play on, could be a sign that it's not that serious. Hopefully, it's like this. Um, but of course, then when Bobby came on in his natural position, Sadio really flexible in that space, more really strong today in one-one situations against physical strong players. In a moment, we when we were there more flexible on Sadio and and Bobby's situ- position, and when we used more more often. Um, for uh, balls in his feet and one twos in and around the box, we 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 were then really in charge of the game, and that's obviously important. Won a lot of second balls; they were not so many counter attacks anymore. So it was then a really good game, and I was at wonderful goals. Really, uh, the second, the first goal, of course, sensational, nice pass, Robo, sensational finish, Mo Esadio. Second goal. Winning the ball back, Bobby, and I think it was together with Ox winning the ball and passing immediately in behind, super run more, uh, Sadio, and then really there being there. And then the third goal, wonderful, but we had even better moments which we didn't finish off. So, um, yeah, nice football moments today. Anything from the Sunday guys? Yeah, when you make a bad start like that, but the team has the resilience to finish the game the way they did, is, is that one of the most pleasing signs for the coach? I'm not too pleased about it because I think it's a it's a job to do. It's a, you can have we cannot only perform on the best days in our life. If there is a, a, a average day, you still have to perform. You still have to win. We have to learn from the game. We, we, that's how it is. Because the challenge is after international breaks always to find a common rhythm again. Because uh, before that we had that obviously, but then the boys played for different countries in in different ways. Then we somebody gives us like one and a half days to to work on that. That's not too much, and then you need to use the game actually to 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 come in. And yes, we had to do that now plenty of times, and that's why I'm not I'm not happy or whatever that we did. I think really think we have to, and the boys did. That's good, but we needed longer than than it was not a one nil and now click we are here. We need really longer, and that's okay. Um, as long as we don't concede, then it's always a chance for us to, to come back in the game. And of course, it, that that helps, and that not that we know that and that helps, of course. Okay. Yes, Jeff. Last season, Jurgen, when you drew it by Munich, some people suggested, oh, maybe you should not take the Champions League so seriously because you're in the title race, and you ignored it, and obviously you were, you were proved right. But now, as European champions. Do you go into the, the Napoli game with this absolutely the same level of intensity for these European games as, as the Premier League? <laughs> oh, interesting question. Uh, any advice how we could do it differently? Just uh, interested. What do we do? We go there and and and. You have a lot. Of, you have a lot of games. Yes. 
Jordan Henderson was, was, was rested today. Obviously. Um, maybe there'll, be, there'll come a time where you rest players in the European games rather than the Premier League games. We don't make that difference between competitions, actually. We did, never did. It's about availability. Who can? Who is how? In which, in which situation? In which, in which shape? That's how we make decisions, if we can. Most of the time we couldn't, to be honest. We always had to bring whoever could at least walk. Um, and that's, that's the plan for that. Yeah, but no, we cannot go to Napoli and say we play with 60, 70, 80 percent of what we usually do. That's, that's not. It's a completely different game. We don't, will not have the ball as often as we had in, as long as we had it today. <laughs> no, unfortunately, um, they are really good. I'm not sure if they played already. If they play now, um, we will watch them um, tomorrow and then we make decisions about how we, how we try to, to win against them. But that's a proper, um, opponent. They are really good and they caused us already problems and now we have to make sure that the problems will not that be that big this time. Any final ones guys for the other Mondays? No? Just injury news. Sorry, anybody else apart from Divock for, for Napoli? No fresh problems? From today? No. No. They all got knocks. Um, I think Robo got a knock, uh, Sario got a knock, but all, all fine. And how bad is the ankle, would you say? That's how it looked, yeah. So that's what um, the, the med department told me, and um, I think he has a scan today or whatever, and then we know more. But um, it's, of course, that's not cool. Eh? So um, it was a really good shape, and or is in a really good shape. Sorry, and and hopefully there's not a lot of they will not find a lot in the scan. So, were you surprised that there was no review uh, when Martin I think they did it. Their fourth official told me they did it. Was I surprised that it was still not a penalty? Yes. But uh, that doesn't help, obviously, in situations like this, um, being surprised. So, yeah, for me it was a clear penalty. But uh, as long as you win, you know, we, we all know that, then it's not that issue. If we would sit here and we lost one nil, and then we would speak differently about that penalty. But it's a penalty. So it's a, we cannot fight like this for a ball. Joel Mate is a wrestling situation. He turns him in the air. We don't need VR. In the past, we didn't need VR for these decisions, so we should not use it now for it. Just whistle it and shoot from the penalty spot. Thank you. No, I think you'll find it's thank you, Jürgen. Well, we've got the thoughts of our regular contributors to come shortly, but before we get to them, here's a flavour of what to expect. Nathan Madsen's commented in our Blood Red podcast Facebook group, saying, Is Firmino the worst-kept secret amongst Liverpool fans? We all know how brilliant he is. The media hype train started pushing the narrative of him being world-class, finally, but I still find myself having to convince non-Liverpool fans of how uniquely fantastic this guy is. It was like he was playing in socks today. His touch and attitude is Ronaldinho-esque. The guy is a walking Nike advert. I'm proper fanboying over here. Phenomenal. And on that theme, let's check in with Matt Addison with his thoughts upon leaving Anfield. I thought Liverpool played quite poorly for that first few minutes. As soon as Roberto Firmino came onto the pitch, it was a completely different game. I must admit, I was slightly concerned at times. I thought, as I said, Liverpool didn't play particularly well, but it's a sign of a good team, of course, that they can continue that 100% record in the Premier League this season, even though they weren't quite at their brilliant, brilliant best. I thought that first goal from Yetro Willems, uh, Liverpool were actually linked with him at one stage, I think. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot you can do about that. I think he probably turned inside slightly too easily. 
but uh, from Adrian's point of view, right in the top corner, really difficult for him to be able to do anything about that at all. That was uh, probably slightly undeserved, you might say, from Newcastle United. I thought they started quite well, but of course you'd expect that Liverpool would be able to get on top. Um, and it took a while. I think uh, Divock Origi is a decent option to have in this squad. He's just not at the same level as Roberto Firmino. Um, I thought early on Fabinho was sloppy, though he did get better. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Sadio Mane, they didn't really get involved. You could probably say the same for Mo Salah as well. It was only when Roberto Firmino entered the pitch that suddenly he began to get those players involved a little bit more. And of course, if you get the ball to Roberto Firmino, if you get the ball to Sadio Mane or Mo Salah, chances are against a, a team like Newcastle, they'll find the back of the net. And that's exactly what happened. Just before Liverpool got themselves back into the game, just a quick word on that Joel Matip penalty shout. It, you know, the wording is clear and obvious on VAR, and I, I still can't believe that they uh, they didn't give that. First of all, Andre Mariner was in a great position. Everyone in the ground, apart from him, saw that foul. Two arms over the top of Matip's head, and for some reason he doesn't give that. For the VAR not to give it as well is it's completely inexcusable from my perspective. An absolute stonewall penalty that Liverpool should have had. Yet again, it's not the first time at Anfield either. But uh, soon after that, brilliant finish from Sadio Mane. Then Roberto Firmino comes on. From then on, I thought Liverpool were comfortable. I never really felt like we were not going to go on and get those three points. And absolutely vital that they were. Second half, I thought Newcastle did have a couple of chances. Uh, generally, though, I thought Liverpool did quite well to control them. The Reds, as we know at Anfield, don't really lose games of football, in Premier League terms at least. Um, and today there wasn't really uh, too much surprise at the fact that Liverpool went on and, and took a stranglehold of that game in the second half. I thought that's, that goal from Mo Salah to make it uh, 3-1 just made the last few minutes really comfortable. It could have been a little bit more nervy had it only been one goal, but thankfully that wasn't the case. A lovely goal as well it was from Salah. Roberto Firmino again involved, absolutely world class from him. It's just an absolute pleasure to watch at the moment that flick into Salah's path, the touch forward and then the finish. Two absolutely top draw players combining for the Reds. It's a privilege to be able to watch them week in, week out. Elsewhere, I thought Andy Robertson did quite well today. He's obviously had a tough time whilst he's been away with Scotland, but he looked back to his best in, in an attacking sense at the very least. Surrounded by better players, of course, that's always going to be easier. Firmino, um, absolutely excellent. Fabinho did quite well in the end. Didn't start great, but got better and better. Other than that, Liverpool were fairly average, but got the job done in the end. The three points is all that counts, and a 100% record still in the Premier League. So, so important. Matt Addison with his thoughts here on the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, let's get to more of your thoughts then. Ross will give us his take shortly, but not before Mark Baker. A game in which Liverpool started badly, obviously conceding a, a goal. Um, probably the worst thing you can do against the side of Newcastle's um, organisational setup, if you like, because make no mistake, Newcastle are a very poor side and, and some of the, the use of the football when in possession was, was terrible, in my opinion, for a side playing at that level now. You have to factor in how deep Newcastle were playing, which obviously when you then regain possession of the ball makes it extremely difficult to have any meaningful transfer into the, the final third of the opposition. 
And I suppose you, you're more relying on individual quality um, in terms of short, sharp counter-attacks, the ability to um, move the ball quickly with reduced time and possibly find moving runners up front if, if you can marry up a pass and a, and a run. Now, such as Newcastle lack of quality, they weren't able to do that. And the ball was continually coming back to Liverpool um, at all times. I actually think Newcastle, judging on that performance and some of the performances we've seen so far and the lack of ability to be in possession on a football field, I think they, they, they could easily be a side who, who go down. And as such, I always believed that would be the, the game beforehand. And obviously Liverpool knew that going in. They knew that you can have upwards of 75% possession of the, the football. And that's what made the, the the team selection in terms of the player profile quite surprising for me. I actually feel Liverpool got lucky in a way with Divock Origi's injury and obviously the introduction of Roberto Firmino. And what I mean by the player profiles, so you're playing against Newcastle, a team who are going to sit in a compact, um, deep, deep organisational setup. Now, the one thing you want in your team then is, is door openers, really, and the best ones that Liverpool could possibly have. So let's just look at the selection of Origi. Now, Origi's a player who, for, for nearly all his appearances this season, has operated on the left-hand side, started there again today. And, and what you see with him, he's very much a player who likes the ball to feet, wants to travel with it, um, try and run at opposition full-backs. But Liverpool were always in a position where they knew Newcastle were going to sit deep. There was going to be condensed space in behind. I mean, even when Origi plays as a number nine, he's very much a player who looks to threaten that space in behind. There was never going to be any of that today. Oxlade, Chamberlain, another, travels with the ball, good in big spaces, driving. Um, again, it was always going to be a condensed midfield space. So I was looking at the selection and thinking to myself, well, today it'd be an ideal opportunity for Liverpool to play their most creative players or their best players in, in tight areas, if you like. And, I mean, Firmino's obviously been on international duty and, and you know the Klopp would play Firmino every opportunity he gets. He, he sees the bigger picture in terms of it, one of the best in, in the world at receiving the ball was back to goal, interlinking with players and and combining with one or two, two touches in, in, in minimal space, minimal space and time. So, Okay, you can you can accept that Firmino was on the bench, but the selection of Divock Origi in the side when you could potentially have brought Jadon Shaqiri in, who, who for me is perfect for these kind of games. He is, he is probably the best player in Liverpool's attacking fair that a find and a pass, he's got the best range of pass. And I felt that that would have been an ideal selection, really. The problem, obviously, you have is Klopp doesn't see Shaqiri playing in a 4-3-3. He doesn't threaten space in behind from a wide area. He's a player who more likes the ball to feet and also in a midfield three Klopp's never going never gonna to start him there it's as simple as that okay he brought him on for the last 10 minutes as a cameo appearance there but in a competitive game from the off he, he doesn't feel he's got the discipline to play there but for me you find a way potentially to get him in the side then against a, a team like Newcastle because although Liverpool ran out comfortable winners I think it was actually very fortunate for them to go in at half time in, in the lead Obviously, you know, the goalkeeper's got to do better with Manny's um, run into the box to meet Firmino's pass. And I felt Liverpool would have struggled, actually, if they didn't have the craft and creativity of Firmino. Obviously, they would have worn Newcastle down with having so less of the ball, the, the visitors. But actually having the 
the creativity to break them down in such compact, narrow space, I think could have been an issue, really. And it's just something to look for, really, going forward against these types of opposition. Again, Oxlade-Chamberlain, a player who likes to drive with the ball into large spaces. Could it have been that Adam Lallana, Liverpool's best player in tight, narrow spaces, could play in that um, and find them positions in between um, the attacking third and, and the midfield third. For me, that had been a more obvious selection as well. So I don't think Liverpool helped themselves with the players they selected at the start of the game. Ultimately, it didn't matter on this occasion they got the results, but I feel it is something to look for going forward and something Klopp may have to consider. Listen, I'm saying this, Liverpool have beaten nearly all the, the bottom sides last season comfortably and it was one of the big traits which put them in the position that they went into, ultimately losing the league on probably the, the lack of results against the, the top teams rather than the bottom. I just believe it's something this season going forward that that, that may lead me to need addressing, and they're certainly the kind of players that I'd try and fit into the side if they were playing against similar opposition. Charles from Witness with his thoughts on Liverpool v Newcastle game. In the end, another comfortable three on victory for the Reds, but started off a little bit dodgy. Could have been very different. Newcastle came with a game plan. We know now teams are going to do this. You know, week in, week out against us. They're going to make it difficult for us. We're going to have to be patient. And then Newcastle ended up going and getting that first goal with an absolute wonderful strike by their, their wing-back Willems. Trent Arnold could have done better defending-wise. Let him, let him get inside. But a tremendous bit of skill from the lad. Smashes it in. Keeper's got no chance. They're 1-0 up early doors. And that's given them a massive, massive boost. And we didn't we didn't create that much in that first half, you know, particularly the first half hour or so. They were really well drilled, Newcastle. As I said, you knew what they were gonna do. Five at the back, cutting all the space down, and they were playing on the counter attack, and I thought they'd done well. Joe Linton, the big lad up front for them, looks a bit of a handful. Atsu was quite a skillful little player, created the was the assist for their goal. But what we're, what Liverpool are going to have to do this season, and it's not going to just be this week, it's going to be week in, week out against these type of sides. It's got to be patient. These sides are going to come and set up like this, but we've got to just keep patient, keep spraying the ball around, moving it side to side, and mistakes will come. And this is exactly what happened. They hadn't put a foot wrong Newcastle, and then one little mistake at the back, defender misses a tackle, two passes, Mane's in. In his prime position, slots it in, top bin, great finish, and you're back in the game. 1-1, and at that point, there's only going to be one winner of the game. And it was another another mistake, actually, for the second. Lost it in midfield. The keeper has made an absolute howl. Let's, let's be realistic about it. It comes flying out. Should have just collected the ball. Don't know what happened. Seemed to bobble off his knee or go out. Don't know how it happened. But it did... Made up, Mane slotted it on the line, 2-1. And that's that's basically going to be the end of it. Come out second half, Newcastle, obviously, trying to be that bit more positive the first 10 minutes. They had a great chance, actually, in the first 10 minutes of that second half. I think I might have been their full-back up the other side. Got right forward, but placed it over the bar. But there was a lot of... Liverpool were much, much better in the second half. You know, I think that was possibly down to Newcastle trying to come out at us a little bit more. But also we got into the game more. And obviously, the main man, Firmino, was absolutely exceptional when he came on. He was rested, obviously, for Origi. Origi got a bit of a knock after it was half an hour or so. 
Firmino came on and he was involved in absolutely everything. You know, in that first half, he was involved in the goal. And then for the for the second half, the, the Salah goal, an absolutely outrageous piece of skill to get Salah in. Three ones, game over. And it's a comfortable win in the end. Newcastle didn't pose any real threats in that second half. And we go on to the next one and this, this team keeps going on. We win, we win. And we can't wait to the next game now. It's uh, Champions League kicks off again this week. It's all to play for. Let's just keep it going, Reds. Ross and Mark Baker here on the post-game podcast with so many talking points from today's game, from Liverpool's irresistible front three to the sloppy start for the Reds after coming back from the international break. Of course, Champions League football returns on Tuesday with the trip to Napoli, so we're straight back now into full flow. Remember to keep your opinions and views coming through our Blood Red podcast Facebook group, and we've also plenty more content for you through our YouTube channel as well, plus, of course, our selections of podcasts from wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, to play us out quite literally tonight will be Owen, so hang around for that. But before that is Alex Watt and first of all, Matt Whitty. Comfortable performance over the 90 minutes, I thought. During the first 15, 20 minutes, um, well, I thought we were a little bit slow. Um, we couldn't really seem to uh, to break down this Newcastle team, but I think that when a team comes and plays with nine men behind the ball and has got pace on the counter it's always going to be pretty difficult to uh to break teams down and i thought we were we were patient enough if if a little bit slow really in that first 15 to to 20 minutes and it came uh the the breakthrough for newcastle came with a bit of sloppy play really from us out on the left wing when um Arigi had space to play andy robertson in on the overlap and couldn't quite make the pass um newcastle turned the ball over um eventually Playing it pretty quickly into uh, with a with a medium range long ball into the middle, and then Newcastle with with three on three, and it was a it was a it was a great strike by by Willems. Um, I thought that perhaps Trent gave a, gave him a little bit too much room, but it's tricky because he he has got pace, and it was a it was an absolute rocket that uh, left Adrian with with no chance, and then we're and then we're one nil down. But I think we've seen the evolution under Klopp of this of this fantastic time side that we've got whereby we've just got so many different options and so many different ways of winning football matches. So we don't need to just blow teams away. We don't need to just give them the ball and then tack them on the counter with the pace that we've got. We don't need to just um, go out all out attack. Um, and if that doesn't work in the first 20 minutes, run out of ideas. And we, we came back into the game. We started moving the ball a lot more quickly. Um, and, we got the equaliser through a, a nice drilled pass out from uh, from Van Dijk um, out to the left, and it was a lovely first touch by Andy Robertson that completely took the Newcastle uh, right wing back out the game, and uh, he passed it into Mane, and the form that Mane's in, you just knew he was going to slot it away, and he banged it into the top corner. So back on back on terms, and uh, from from that point on, really, it was only only a matter of time. Our, our tails were up. And then it was sad to see uh, Origi go off with uh, with an injury after he'd been after he'd been down a couple of times, but uh, I don't think there were many Liverpool fans that would have been uh, sad to see Firmino come on. He's just been in imperious form this season, and uh, everybody everybody loves him regardless of the form that he's in. 
and uh, he was brilliant and it was his first or second touch that slid Mane through and uh, Dubravka made a bit of a mess of it to be fair and left uh, left Mane who'd, uh, who'd timed his run brilliantly to have just the, the easiest of tap-ins and once we uh, once we went ahead against uh, against a, a team that's trying to sit back, you, you know they're they're in trouble. And I thought after the break, uh, we were, we were good. It was it was exactly the kind of game that you want when you've got a uh, a tricky um, away European Cup tie coming up on on Tuesday against Napoli. We were we were all over them. Um, Firmino's flicks and tricks were were causing problems. We were moving the ball quickly, um, but it, it just felt like a game where we could conserve a little bit of energy so I think in the second half it did it did seem like we probably had half an eye on on Tuesday but but even with that said you know if it wasn't for Dubravka making some really good saves from Andy Robertson and from from Trent at, at either post it could easily have been easily have been four five six seven goals so yeah great performance and uh, just to check to cap it off the uh, the little reverse back heel that Firmino played to to set Salah up on before he slalomed into their Newcastle box and slotted home the uh, the third clincher was just absolutely magnificent to watch and he was rightly applauded by uh, by all sections of the ground after that. So yeah, top of the league, five out of five. Not too much energy expended in the second half. Yeah, bring it on. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line podcast. And yeah, still 100% for Liverpool. Five wins in five. Still top of the league. And it ended up after an awkward first 20, 25 minutes um, being a very fun day at the office, to be honest, against Newcastle. Um, Newcastle obviously started well, packed the midfield. They were trying to, I think, exploit how high the fullbacks Trent and Robbo push up that's how they got that first goal with great finish from Willems to be fair cutting inside against Trent um and then first 20-25 minutes we obviously had some initial issues breaking New- Newcastle down probably as expected to be honest but I think the goal woke Liverpool up a bit and then Klopp made a quick tactical shift and to be honest from that point on it was pretty much all Liverpool um some bizarre stuff with like a nailed on penalty not being given where Matty was clearly wrestled to the ground in the box. Again, why do we even have VAR in the Premier League if it's not going to overturn clear and obvious errors like that? It also didn't do anything about a horrible Shah tackle, which could have been a red card as well. Newcastle threw in a few really hard tackles, which weren't really okay, but... Yeah, just more confusion there over VAR's implementation in the Premier League and no doubt there'll be plenty more examples this weekend in other games. But fortunately, you know, Avaro didn't end up playing a part here in the result because Sadio Mane scored that great opening goal pretty soon after that incident. Um, and then he got a second after that. Um, got a bit of good fortune with that second goal, but no complaints from me, to be honest. Um and then there was also the slight worry with Divock Origi going off injured. Obviously, not a bad thing when you can bring on a player like Bobby Firmino. Although, a slight shame in the sense that Bobby probably could have done with a rest after playing for Brazil midweek and with the Napoli game coming up. But also, Origi is someone we want fit and ready to go at any point for, you know, obvious reasons. But hopefully that's not too too bad an ankle injury. Um Firmino, you know, changed the game, almost instantly got an assist and it was something else, you know, another element on top of like 
the fullbacks, the midfield, Salah and Mane that Newcastle struggled with when he came on. You know, his speed, his creativity, his dynamism through the middle. And that way he drops deep, just completely confused their centre-backs. And you just see what a different proposition Liverpool are when Firmino comes on the pitch. I was a little bit worried in the second half that we weren't getting the third goal. You know, Wijnaldum, Trent, Robbo all had these great opportunities and somehow none of them went in. So that stressed me out a little bit because I had that horrible feeling that they might get a late equaliser or something, which would be sod's law after all those missed chances. But the breakthrough did come eventually. I should have had a bit more faith. Um, Salah getting his goal, but my God, that back heel assist from Bobby Firmino, one of many glorious flicks he did today. I mean, he only played about 60 minutes today, but he got man of the match deservedly and he just lit the game up. Another world-class example from him of how you play that false nine position. And I think more and more casual football fans are waking up this season to how good this guy really is. Something that Liverpool fans have known for years now, but... As Van Dijk said after the match, he's glad that Firmino's on his team and he's not the guy who has to defend against him. Yeah, Firmino was unbelievable today. Um, And in the end, to be honest, it was quite a comfortable win after that early scare. Uh, I think the worry was in that first 20, 25 minutes that it could end up having to be a bit of a hard-fought game. But ultimately, Liverpool didn't really have to overexert themselves. Also great to see... Ox get a run out and he played all right. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get back to where he was, but it made sense to give him game time here. Uh, Shakiri coming on too for the first time in forever, it feels like. And we've said it before, Klopp really has to be using the squad more and more as the games start racking up now with the Champions League returning and the league games coming thick and fast. You know, Napoli next, Chelsea at the weekend, but... There's so much momentum with this Liverpool team at the moment and it's great that even when we concede an early goal this season like we did today, they don't panic. I don't think the fans panic or worry because it's such a complete team that you do feel like over the course of 90 minutes, Liverpool's quality is going to shine through and they're going to ultimately get the win. And yeah, long may that continue, to be honest. Cheers, up the Reds. Hi, this is Owen from Cop on Podcast, and that was a load of fun, wasn't it? 14 wins in a row, 5 out of 5 this season. Joy from the crowd, the plaudits from the pundits. Glorious sunshine, Chamberlain back, Virgil imperious, Vinaldum wonderful. Fabinho furiously magnificent, Mo Salah scoring a beauty. Bobby Firmino being a genius Artist Wonderstroker, five points clear at the time of recording. What a time to be a red! Yes, I know the start of this game was more sluggish than a wet organic potato patch. Especially when Willems wellied it in. But as soon as Robbo did his dainty Scottish jig out there on the left wing and slipped it inside to Sadio Mane, there was only one outcome, not only of the move itself, but of the match itself. 
and Sadio, a man for the ages, he inspired me. Dear listeners, if you'd forgive the indulgence to get out my guitar, because I don't know if we sing his song loud enough or his songs. I don't know, are the songs either? Do we have enough songs about him? Probably not. So if you'll forgive the indulgence, here's one I've been working on for the last 17 minutes. found out long ago He's the man when you need to go Sadio Sadio He plays with Bobby and he plays with Mo It's the best attack in the world you know Sadio So that was Owen from Cop On Podcast saying, Up the Reds, well done, beautiful stuff, can't wait till the next match, and it's only Tuesday, no need to hibernate for another two weeks. Napoli, ooh, can't wait. How do you follow that? The Reds take on Napoli on Tuesday. That's what Jurgen Klopp's side will be doing. And the Blood Red podcast will be back on Monday to cast an eye over the weekend's action prior to that game in Naples. And thanks to everyone who continues to contribute and interact with us following today's game. Post-game will, of course, be back after the trip to Naples. Until which, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Post-Game Podcast on the Blood Red channel.